A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us. Loaded with so much uh, information, a lot of practical halacha. Today's daf is daf chav beiz, in my katan. And we're going to pick up, we're going to just back up a drop. Um, just to remind ourselves, we're going to back up to Amar Mar, two lines from the bottom of Chaf Aleph Amud Beis. Okay? The fourth word on the line, Amar Mar. Let us get going. Shlosha Yamim Arishonim Ba Mimakum Karav. If one of the members of the family did not start out Shiva with everybody else, but he shows up within the first three days, and the entire time he was within a one day's journey. Now Rashi points out over here what, what being within a one day's journey does for you. It kind of makes you like, you're already part of the, you're close enough to like be part of the Shiva. You're kind of like out running an errand. Rashi doesn't use that expression, but that's how Rashi makes it sound. Like you're part of it. You're within a day's journey. Yeah, you're just, uh, you, know, you haven't had the opportunity to sit down with them. So as long as you were within a one day's journey, you were within a one day's journey and you show up within the first three days, you can keep counting with the Shiva of the rest of the family. This is only true, that the Godol of the Vayas, the elder of the, of the family, um, is there sitting Shiva. Now, what is considered a Godol Babayas? There's different um, explanations, there's different uh, understandings given. Does it mean the oldest? Does it mean not the oldest? The, the accepted pshat in Godol Babayas is the one responsible to lead the family now. All right? The, the, the person who everybody turns to, to see what's happening with the burial and with the shiva. Okay. Could this be, um, like, is it a male only, or could it be like a wife? Or Apparently it could be anybody. anybody. Yeah, apparently it could be anybody. Okay. Says the Gemari Bailu, they asked a Shaila searching for information. Top of today's daf. Halach Godol Habayis Lebeis HaKvaris. If the Godol Habayis, the one who makes all decisions for the family, the, the leader of the household, is the one taking care of the burial. Mahu, what is the halacha? And as we explained yesterday, this is not uncommon at all. This, is, this comes up when, most often when people want to be buried in a different city, particularly in Eretz Yisrael. So you're going to have a few of the senior family members accompany uh, the mace, but everybody else, as we're going to learn soon, has already started the ship. We're going to learn soon that when the body is being transported from one city to another, the, the ones who are going with the mace... We're going to see this soon in Brisa. They start the Shiva as after the burial. But everybody else who did not accompany the mace, they're actually going to start Shiva as soon as they turn their backs on the mace. Meaning they accompany the mace, let's say, to the airport, to the edge of the town. Once they turn their backs, they're now sitting Shiva. They're done with the Onain status, and they're going to start sitting Shiva. Whoever's accompanying the mace is going to start later. Okay, so the Gemara is saying, what happens if the leader of the family is accompanying the mace to Eretz Yisrael? Then what's the Allah? Okay, interesting. Shail. So the Gemara answers, Toshma, come and listen from the Brisa. Even if it's the Godol Abayas who goes to the Beisach Varas and he comes back and they're already sitting Shiva, he could join into their counting. Says the Gemara, what? That's a direct contradiction to what we just said. He can keep counting with them. We said that if you're the God of Babayis, you, you have your own cheshben. Everybody else is dependent on you. You're not dependent on anybody else. Says the Gemara like Kasha. Let's clarify over here. There's no question. Here's the clarification. 
It depends. Did he come in within three days or after three days? If he comes back within three days, so then he could join their counting. If he comes back after three days, then he cannot join their counting. Rav told the people of the city of Hatzlafaini to also begay tulasa people who come back within three days limnu badaihu they should count the rest of of the shiva with you apparently the the body was buried elsewhere but if they don't come back within three days then they start their own shiva limnu lenavshayu they start accounting on their own Amar lehu Rava lebe mechuza Rava told the people of the city of mechuza. To wrap up this discussion, um, anybody who does not follow the mace until the actual Beisachvaris, to the actual cemetery, Barsa Arsa just means you don't follow the coffin. All right? you're, not, you're not going all the way to the city where it's being buried. As soon as you turn your backs, from the gates of the city, right? they did Levaya, they accompanied the mace to the edge of their city, the edge of their town, and then you turn your backs to go back home, that's when you start your shiva. By the way, this is halacha lamaisa. This is what people do when uh, a mace is being brought to Eretz Yisrael. Those who tur- in the airport, those who are turning away uh, from the mace, that at that moment they start their shiva, and everybody who's accompanying the mace is going to start um, after the actual burial. Okay. Next Gemara. Rav Shimonayim. Rav Shimon says, Rav Shimon argued on this halacha of the three days, and he says, even if the person shows up on the seventh day, during those first, that first minute, when they're still sitting shiva, he can count with them. You do not need to come back during the first, uh, during the first uh, three days. You actually have the entire shiva. Azoy is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Let's explain this. The only time you can count the seventh day as your day is when you, you showed up on day seven of the Shiva and there were still people being Menachem Avo, the family. So the, the Avelos was already still going on. You showed up, you immediately latch on. Boy, Ravon, Ravon asked the question, searching for information. One second. Ninaru Lamoid, Velay Amdumahu. What happens if they're sitting around, but they kind of finished? They didn't, they already offered their words of Hamakim uh, so to speak. Okay? They already said that. And you walk in and everybody's kind of like just standing up, ready to say goodbye. What's the halacha? Is it considered like they, you showed up during the shiver or not? Says the Gemara, Teku. We're not sure. Tishbi Yataris, We're unsure because we're unsure as to what the exact parameters around this seven-day idea is. Is it that you had to be sitting Shiva with them? Is it that you felt like a mourner alone? Like, what exactly is the driving force that's connecting this guy on day seven? It's unclear. And therefore, take. Okay. Gemiri Chavrei, the Rabbi Abba Barchia, there was a Gemara. Gemara here means, whenever you find the word Gemara, generally means Misora. Okay? There was a tradition that um, they learned, the, the, the friends of Rav Ava Barchia learned, May Rebbe Abba, from Rebbe Abba. Ummanu. And um, who, was, who was the friend yeah, that, uh, that learned this? Uh, Rebbe Zeru. It was Rebbe Zeru. 
Armila, some say different names. No, it was a, the, the names worked out differently. It was actually Chavrei de Rebzeira mi Rebzeira. It was a friend of Rebzeira learned the Gemara. Knows he learned this Messiah from Rebzeira. Umanu, and who was the friend who learned it? Rabbi Abba, brother of Chiyobarab. Okay, so we have Machlekas over who's passing on the Messiah, who's accepting the Messiah. Fine. Amar Rabbi Yechon. What is the Messiah? What's the halacha here that's being passed over? That Rabbi Yechon says. We pass him like Rav Shimming Amliel when it comes to trephus, when it comes to an animal having a hole in its lung, for example, or being a trefa. And we pass him like Rabbi Shimon when it comes to Avelis. Okay? Says the Gemara. Well, you're just bringing up Hilchas Kashras here. We know Rabbi Shimon, we just learned that. That was the opinion of the seventh day. You show up, you're good. And Allah is like Rabbi Yechanan by Trefa. So where, where are you coming from? What are we talking here? You know, uh, where does Allah come in? The Gemara is going to explain. Ki Rabbi Shimon be'evel ha'damar. The Allah that we pass like Rabbi Shimon by Avelos, we just explained that as long as the family member shows up while they're sitting Shiva, even if it's on the seventh day, he could join in. What's the Allah of Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Shimon Amliyo betrefus? What's the Allah of Shimon Amliyo betrefus? That's not what we learned in the Mishnah. B'nei me'ayim, when you have the innards, Shenikvu, they were pierced. They have a, they, they were knockoff. They got a hole in them. Vilecha, soisamtan. But the juices, the wetness, the fluids inside the innards closed up the hole. So there was a hole, but now there's like protection, natural protection. Kshera. It's going to be kosher. It's no longer a trefa. This is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel, all right? Nothing here, but like it kind of like scabbed up. It's kosher. It says the Gemara, my lecha. And what is this lecha? What is this wetness? It is a liquid of the innards that comes out when you press on it. Okay? It comes out when you press on it. When you squeeze... The innards, there's a wetness that comes out. That, that wetness can also function as kind of like an inner scabbing agent. It doesn't create a scab. I don't have a better word for it though, right? And it, it closes it up. It kind of creates more of a membrane uh, to protect the animal. And therefore, if you were to check the animal and it had an open hole in the innards, so then it would be a trefa. But now that it's closed up, you're good. Amar, mandahu, somebody said, Iski, no, Omar Mandahu is all the same. Omar Mandahu, some person said, Iski, I will be Zaycha. I will have Schusim. I hope to merit. The Osik, the Egmara, the Shmaitse, the Puma, the More. I heard this halacha in the name of Rav Shimming Amliel. Ah, you know something? Now, Rabbi Yechenon quoted Rav Shimming Amliel. He says, I'm going to go hear this psak from the source. Kiso, so, uh, Kisalik. When he went up to hear the halacha, he said to him, Are you the one who said, quoted Rabbi Yechanan to quote Rabbi Amliel, who says that we pass, are you the one to quote Rabbi Yechanan who says halacha is like Rabbi Amliel, that when it's sealed with the wetness, it's okay. He says, I actually said, that's not the halacha. Yeah, I said the halacha is not like Rabbi Shimon Amliel. Um, so he says, okay, yikes. Well, if we're not, uh, if we're not um, quoting you correctly, 
well, what about the halacha being like Rav Shimon by Avelis? Is it really true that when somebody comes on the seventh day, he could join in the initial shiva? The same way we misquoted you, and it was fake news on the, on the, in, on the innards, what about the psak that you show up on the seventh day? It's okay. That's a machlekes. Ah, good old dancer. The itmar, because we learned. Rav Chista Amar Halacha. Rav Chista says the Halacha is like Reb Shimon. That if you show up on the seventh day, fine. Chayin Amar Rabbi Yechanan Halacha. Rabbi Yechanan says Halacha. Rav Nachman Amar Ein Halacha. Aber Rabbi Nachman argues. Okay. Now, says the Gemara, by the way, you should know. The Ein Halacha Rav Shingon Leo Betrevis. The halacha is we do not pass on the by trepas when you have this wetness that kind of uh, sealed up, closed off that hole in the innards. It's still going to be a trefa. We do not pass on the shingamliyol that it's not a trefa. Okay, it is a trefa. And also, we pass on like of shim by avelus. If you show up on day number seven, you, you could join in. You don't need to sit in Nushiva. The amar shmuel halacha We always follow the lenient opinion. When it comes to Avelis, okay? And that's a rule that we learned across the board. Avelis, they're abundant. We have a lenient opinion here. Rabbi Shimon says you don't need to sit a whole new shiva. We're going to rely on that opinion. Period. All right. New conversation. Let's get going. I'll call Hamesim Kulon. Yeah, very bottom line. Let's go. I'll call Hamesim Kulon. For all immediate relatives who pass away, Madchamitosai, to speed up the Levaya, Hareza Meshubach. That is Meshubach, that is praiseworthy. It's a praiseworthy thing to do. Okay? The main thing is this is very, 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 see how many varies there are, important. It's more covered mace to the person to get into the ground than it is to wait for people to show up to the Leviah to give a spade. If you really want to give honor to the mace, do what's most beneficial for the mace. And that is remove the pain of being out, of the neshama being outside the body but not being able to elevate itself to Shemayim and allow the Nizam to go to Shemayim than to wait for somebody who might fly in from Seattle. Okay? Now, let... That's payoff worth the pain. The great question. Rabbi Ravinsky is mentioning if a person's nifter here, is the payoff worth it to take the Kura all the way to Eretz We'll talk about that after Shir because it's a fascinating, fascinating uh, topic. A, a, a real halachic uh, conversation, and, and I'll, I'll share all the, uh, the the opinions. It's a fascinating conversation. We'll do that after the shirim mitzvah. Okay. However, listen to this. If it's for a father and mother, so then it's that is detrimental. You hear this? So for siblings, children, and wife, the main thing is the burial. By parents, it's worthwhile. Pushing off the burial so that people can come and, and give a proper eulogy. Okay? Now, listen to this. Haya Erev Shabbos. Ay Erev Yomtif. However, if it's Friday or Erev Yomtif, person passes away Friday, Hareza Meshubach. Even if it's a father and mother, you do not push off a burial over Shabbos because a Sunday Levaya is more convenient. 
and more people could come in. Because it's clear that you're doing it in honor of your father and mother. There's a beautiful, beautiful medrash, by the way, that speaks about, it's fascinating, speaks about the um, benefit of a Friday afternoon levaya. The medrash says, I have, to, I have to look up the Makar exactly where this medrash is, I have it in my notes. The medrash says that when a person has their kvura on an Arab Shabbos, because every neshama on Shabbos leaves Gehenim and goes straight to Ilam Haba, goes straight to Gan Eden. So every person who's, bar- if you're bare of Shabbos, your neshama comes up and without even a judgment gets sent into Gan Eden. As Shabbos comes in, and therefore by the time they do your judgment after Shabbos, you already have home field advantage. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're already there. So now you, you don't want me here? Pull me up. Prove I don't. Put, prove I don't deserve it. Instead of me starting like, oh, I don't know where you're going. It's like, listen. What do you mean? You, this was my room when I came into your house. This, you, you gave me the best room in the house, right? Now you want to take me out? Prove I don't deserve it. The medicine. So don't push off a burial over a yomtiv or over a shabbos, even for a mother or father. Now the reason why, just to explain, I if it's so beneficial to the mace, if it's so beneficial to the mace, why by a father mother taka would we delay? Now, not for a long time. Would we delay a little bit out of COVID? The explanation here is, is because sometimes if you hurry the burial of a father and mother, it seems to imply like you don't really want to honor them. Which is a lack of honor to them too. Okay? It's a lack of honor to them. So by everybody else, okay, fine. There's no chiv. There's no obligation, so to speak. But by parents... There's an obligation to not make it look like, for their honor, to make it look like, oh, we're hurrying this up. So, fine. I'll call on Mason Kula. When it comes to any close relative, if he wants, he can minimize uh, business during Shiva. Now, if you're jumping out of your chair, Gavaldik, I see a few people giving me a look, like, what's going on here? By other relatives, siblings, children, wife. If you want to go to work, go to work. If you don't want it, don't want it. But I love Avalima, I'm a mate. But for your father and mother, you're not allowed to go to work. I'll call him Mason Kulan by, every, by all other uh, close relatives. Now, Kulan, by, at this point, we know means besides for father and mother. If he wants to be Chaylets, that's fine. If he doesn't want to be Chaylets, that's fine as well. It's up to you. Chalitza, Rashi explains, is a type of Kriya. You start the Kriya starting from the shoulder. Okay, you, you tear your Kriya from very high up. But by a father and mother, you need to have a Chalitza starting from the shoulders. Okay, it has to, you have to like reveal the shoulder area. Out of kibbutz, out of cover. I'm sorry, Umaisa begadol hadar echad. And there was a story with a gadol hadar. Shemes aviv. His, his father died, and he wanted to tear his shirt off of his shoulders. But they told him he's not supposed to do that. He shouldn't do that even though uh, as, great, uh, as uh, great as he was. So one second. I feel like I skipped a word here. Yeah. Upikesh Godar Akhar Shimai Lachlitz. Skip the line again. Okay. And another Gadaladar 
um, also want to tear his shoulder. But the first guy said, no, that uh, I'm, I, I do this for my parent, but you're not allowed to do this for me. Okay. Amr Abai. Abai says, Godel Ador, Rebbe. The Godel Ador that we're talking about was Rebbe. Godel Ador She'imai, Rebbe Yaakov Baracha. Another Godel Ador who was with him was Rebbe Yaakov Baracha, who wanted to show Rebbe how, you know, he wanted to show Rebbe how much he cared, and he also wanted to tear Kriya. Dikadamri, some say, Godel Ador Rebbe Yaakov Baracha, that the Godel Ador was Rebbe Yaakov Baracha, he was the one who tore on from his shoulder. Godel Ador She'imai, Rebbe. The God that was with him, who also wanted to, was Rebbe. Okay. Now, Bishlam um, al We're going to get back. We're going to get back to our original point, by the way, if, in case everybody's still waiting for, like, what's this idea with the business. Okay. Bishlam al Rebbe. If you say the God that was with him was Rebbe, that's why Rebbe Yaakov Bar Acha listened to him and he didn't tear from his shoulder. Yeah? Okay. He didn't want, uh, he didn't want Rebbe. To do something on his behalf. Seder. Elmandam Rabbi Yaakov Baracha, but according to one who says that Rebbe was the one who was in Shiva, was in mourning. And Rabbi Yaakov Baracha was the one who wanted to show, oh, I'm with you, and he wanted to tear Kriya as well. Am I Nimna Vlaichalat? Why did Rebbe listen to him? Rav Shimingam Leo Nasi Hav, Rav Shimingam Leo was the Nasi. Everybody else, everybody's Mukhayev to tear Kriya anyway. When a Nasi passes away. So why is he listening and not hearing? He should have responded, Oh, Nasi's different. Says the Gemara Kasha. Well, you're right. It's going to be a question on that opinion. Fine. Now, back to the Bryce. For all other relatives, all five siblings, child, mother, okay? A wife. Um, you take a haircut after 30 days. This is the halacha, right? Shleishim for siblings, wife, children. But for father and mother, you're not allowed to take a haircut until somebody tells you your hair is too long. You need a haircut. For the other five relatives also, you're allowed to go to a house of simcha. Notice that word. It's going to be very crucial here. Simcha means it's a party for joy. Not, there's not socializing like a Shabbos meal. This is for Simcha. Yeah, Davka for Simcha, okay? Specifically for joy. For parents, you need to wait 12, 12 months. Amar Rabbi Barachana says, When it comes to a, um, a uh, gathering of Reyus of friendship, that also is, um, is uh, not going to be allowed. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Mesvei, they asked the question. To attend a happy party. Or a social uh, event. A social gathering to build friendship. Okay? You wait 30 days. Alright? So you see that, that uh, social event and getting together, we'll call it over a Shabbos type of Suda is the same thing. So why are we allowing it after 30 days? You should also have to wait till after 12 months, the same as a chasna. Where it says kasha. Okay, it's a kasha, Rabbi Bechana. Ameymar masnihachi. Ameymar taught Rabbi Bechana as follows. Amar Rabbi Bechana, usimchas meireus mutolikonista alter. He says no. That Rabbi Bechana didn't say it's the same thing. He said it's different. That for a simcha, that you got to wait 12 months. 
But for a social gathering to build friendships, that you're allowed to do after, um, I'm sorry, mutter likonis le'alter. You're allowed to do always. Alter means right away. Le'alter l'chayim ta'yim u'lishonam, right? Always, boom, a mourner could do this. Says the Gemara, whoa, 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 whoa. Pause for a second. Always? Tell me it's after 30 days you could do it. You can't just go to a social gathering uh, right away when you start your, your Avelis. Says the Gemara, Laikasha. One's talking about the Erisin, and one's talking about the payment. All right, now what's the Erisin and, and what is the payment? So, thank you, Hashem, for the Baal Chesed called Rashi. Rashi tells us as follows. Erisin, we know it as like the first stage of marriage, right? When you agree to get together. Over here it means when you have a whole chevra of people that decide, listen, we need to start a, a social committee for the shul. Yeah, we need to start a social gathering. And here's what we're going to do. We have 10 people here. We're a shul of 10 people. So here's how we're going to build relationships. Every Rosh Chaydesh, we're going to move from one house to the next. We're going to have a lunch and learn, and we're all going to show up. Uh, Chaim Yankul, you have Nisan, Taifber, you have uh, Er, so on and so forth. So if a guy's in mourning, he cannot join in the first party, the first Rish Chaydish. However, if let's say the whole cycle started, and the next Rish Chaydish is supposed to be in Chaim Yankul's house, but Chaim Yankel's sitting, Chaim Yankel's, uh, sitting as a novel. He's during Shleishim even. So then the Allah is, he's allowed to host. Because he's paying back. That's poor Nisa. When, if you're, once you started and you're kind of already obligated to reciprocate, that type of gathering is mutter to get into. I'll call Mesim Kulon Kareya Tefach. For all other Mesim, you tear one Tefach. Over the father and mother, you have to make sure to share Kriya over the heart. Where do you get that from? Where do we get, get, get from, first of all, that Kriya is a tefach? David grabbed his garments and he tore them. And when you grab something, you know what that means? You got a handful. Right? Achiza is you grab. Right here. Boom, I'm grabbing the sweater, right? So you grab. It's got to be a handful. It's got to be a, a tefach. I'll call Mason Kulan. On all other relatives, I feel love halukim You only tear your outer garment. You have a shirt, a sweater, a coat, da da. So you're only going to tear the outermost garment. You're going to tear all of them as long as they are all capable and usually worn as outer garments. Now listen to this word. You think that is an apikaris, yeah? Apikarusai means. His hanky. His hanky is not ma'akeves. What does that mean? It's not ma'akeves. You don't need to tear it. Yet like a scarf. Not like a scarf. Something that's not fully worn is not ma'akev. And you don't need to tear it. The chi of kriya applies to both men and women. Even though it's a chi of kriya for everybody... But a woman tears in a more tzniyas way. She tears a garment that is underneath one of her lower, um, uh, you know, you're wearing a, a shirt and a sweater. So you tear the shirt and then you, she could cover it over. 
the karas aselyim. Uh, and then she turns her back. The chayzeres. Then she goes back. The karas and she tears the upper one. So she publicly only tears the bottom one. But when nobody's looking, so then she goes and tears the other. Okay. I call mason kulan on all other relatives. Ratzam mavdol kami sofeshalei. If you want, you can uh, cut it um, further than the sofa shalai, the neck hole. Ratza enoi mavdil. If you do that, does it choose? Alavavimai mavdil. But when it comes to tearing kriya uh, for the mother and father, you have to cut starting from the mamish from the top. Okay? From uh, a neck hole. Budaimer, no. Ko kriya shinim avdil kami sofa shalai. He says any kriya that does not keep going and separate the shirt to the top of the neck hole, meaning it's not torn all the way up till here, that's a foolish kriya. Okay, it has to come where you ultimately see a real division. That's why you'll see people cut from the outside. Right? They cut the shirt from, you know, we have much fancier shirts than they had back then. The only opening the head was the neck hole, but they cut the shirts from the opening and then the person goes and tears down. Amr says, my time to Yehuda, what is the reason for Yehuda that the only way for it to be called a Kriya is when a mamish goes all the way until the, the, the neck. He grabbed hold of his clothing and he tore it into two parts. So when is it called two parts? When you hit the end. When you get the end of something, so now there's two pieces. Right? But if, if you just tear in the middle of something and it's still connected on the edges, so now it's not two pieces. When it says he tore them, don't know it's two. It has to look like two separate parts, which means you cut it all the way up until the neck. Beautiful. I'll call Mason Kulam for all the other relatives. Okay. Shaila means you're allowed to do. Simple, uh, simple fixes on your clothing. And then you could strengthen it uh, if you need tailoring done after 30 days. However, you're not allowed to uh, sew it up at all. Okay, not allowed to sew up at all. But a woman is allowed to sew it up immediately out of her kavod. All right, it's not, uh, wasn't, uh, it wasn't respectful. At all. He also, Ravan Amar Abichanan, when Ravan came, um, he says in the name of by the way, this, this uh, stitching and tailoring is talking about the Kriya itself, right? Talking about Mamash the Kriya, you let a, what, what you're allowed to do once you tear. He also, Ravan Amar Abichanan, Ravan came to Eretz Yisrael, came, I'm sorry, when he came to Yibavel, he quoted Rabbi Echanan from Eretz Yisrael, okay? Hakola Mason, on all the other relatives. You can either tear Kriya with your hand or with a cleat, with the scissors, however you want to do it. Okay? However, I love a Vali might be yad. Now, what's the difference if you tear with the scissors with a hand? So, very simply, if you tear with the scissors, the cut going down is going to be very straight. Much easier to fix up if you so want. If you tear with your hands, ain't no going back. Yeah, the outside layer, inside layer, yeah. Tear your hands, it's going to be very, 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 very messy. Parents, you got to do it with your hand. Other relatives, you could even use a kli. They could also use a, uh, they could do a, a uh, kriya in private. Bifnim means inside. You don't need to do it in front of, of uh, everybody. 
But for parents, it's done outside out of respect. Out of respect, you show the pain over their loss. Anasi of Klai Yisrael is same to parents. Okay. Meisvei, that's a challenging question. The only comparison between anything to a fa- to any other lost person, to a father and mother, is when it comes to sewing it up. My love, I feel anasi. Doesn't this apply even to anasi? Which means that anasi does not need to be done outside. The only difference is the stitching. Says the Gemara, Levarmi Nasi. Everybody else besides for the Nasi, meaning a Nasi is more similar to the parent even in other halachas. And we'll show you. Listen to this story. Nisiya Shachiv. There was a Nasi that passed away, that died. Amar Le Rav Chistel, Rav Chanan Barava. So Rav Chistel said to Rav Chanan Barava, Kofi Asisa, the Kom Allah, the Achve Kriya Le Oma. Kofi Asisa, turn over the, the uh, brick. The Komala, stand on it, the Achve Kriya Laoma, and show your Kriya to everybody else. Aye, he's not a child. You see that by Anasi, you do it out in full view. You do it in front of everybody. You do it publicly. There's nothing, uh, nothing being hidden over here. The same way we do it publicly by our parents. Al Chacham Chaylait Miyamin. Says the Gemara Vaiter. For a Chacham, for a Talmud Chacham, we, the, the, the Talmidim would tear the, the shirt off of their right shoulder. Al Av Bezdin, if an Av Bezdin passes away, then it's done Mismail. It's done on the left shoulder. Al Nasi Mikanu Nasi represents both, so you are obligated to do both shoulders. Okay? Just to uh, connect this for a moment to our Parsha. Parsha. Parsha's Truma. You have the Menorah. So, how was the Menorah lit? How was the Menorah lit? So, the Menorah was lit. There were. Three on each side and one in the middle. The three on the right represent. Three on the right says the Sfarnu represents those who spread the light of Torah. The three lights on the left represent those who spread the light of Hashem through business. Not everybody is to sit in Abish Medrash, and not everybody is to make a kiddush Hashem out in the workplace. What happens, says the Sfarnu, the halacha was that every lamp in the menorah faced towards the center stem. Says the Sfarnu, the ones on the right, left, out to work. Center, the Shekhinah. But all the lamps need to go towards the center, which teaches us, for, for both stud, when we're sitting and learning Torah, we have to make sure that it's not being done just as knowledge. It's not being done as... You know, it's stimulating intellectually. It has to be done for the Rebbeinu A person can learn Torah and forget there's a Rebbeinu When we sit and learn Torah, it has to be centered towards the Shekhinah. When we go out to work, centers towards the Shekhinah. Menorah is not kosher without both sides. Every year, no matter where we are, need to be centered. You could be in Abbezdin. There, Bezdin deals with, with the financial matters primarily. You could be the Rosh Hashiva, the Talmud Chacham. That's the right side. You be the right shoulder, left shoulder. The Nasi represents both the center. Beautiful. Tan Rabban. The rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. Chacham shemais base midrashoi bottle. If a chacham dies, you stop learning Torah. Stop learning Torah. What does that mean? It's worthwhile canceling first seder and second seder and night seder to give hespedim about the loss 
of this important Rebbe. Instead of saying, Talmud Torah, can I get a kulam? Let's keep learning. That's a Rebbe would have wanted. Doesn't matter. Says the Brisa, there's an obligation to give Hespate. There's a time and place for everything. Av Bezdin Shemes, when you have an Av Bezdin that passes away, leader of a court, called Bate Medrashe Shabiroi Betel. The entire, all the, all the yeshivas and Bate Medrash in town need to be Mavatal to give Hespate on him. Vinichnosin, the Beis Akneses, Umeshanes Bekoimam. They also go into the Beis Akneses. This is talking about the regular people. You're not in yeshiva, right? When people go back to the shul, they should all sit in different places. To show that we're all in mourning. The same way a mourner moves the spot. We're all in different places. Usually in the north, move to the south. We're all in Gullus right now. We're all, we're all uh, feeling a loss. Nasi Shemes, but the Midrashah is Kulam Betel. If a Nasi passes away, then but the Midrashah is everywhere. They stop, uh, you know, they, they cancel their regular learning. However, the people who go to Davin continue to go to Davin, the top of tomorrow's daf, the Kairin Shiva Vyitzim. They have they have uh, people read from the Torah if it's talking about on Shabbos, they have seven aliyas, the Yaitzim, and then they leave the shul. Okay? Now it doesn't mean you always have seven people. We're just giving an example. Rashi explains over here. Rashi, you know, Rashi says, Vikarin Shiva Besefer Torah. I'm moving on to the first Rashi for a moment. You hear this? Like people would da- would daven individually at home to show mourning, but they would make sure there was a minion at least for the kriyaster. Rav Shuvah Mekar Chaim. Rav Shuvah Mekar says, "We'll end with this uh, end of the brisa." It's not that these people you're not going to shul. Oh, so where am I going? I'm going to a cardinals game. No, it's not that going out to the marketplace and wasting your life. You know what you do? You go home and you do his spidedus. You contemplate life. Contemplate the loss. Maybe think for a moment. Something that's very hard to do. Right? The best time to think, by the way. Oh, you, know, you know, I heard this. Rabbi Arlovsky. He mentions this yesterday, Rabbi Arlovsky. In his Mesiel Sesharim shir that I went to, this got a while ago. He, said, uh, he, says, he says, why is it that during Shemayna Esrei is the best ideas? Three minutes, it's like all of a sudden, oh yeah, I got to take care of that. Oh yeah, I got to take that. Right? You're not even thinking like what's for lunch per se. It's kind of like, oh, I got to run to the bank. I got to take care of this. I have to, you know, respond to that bill. Why is it that that happens? He says, you know why? Because the first time in your day, there's actually silence. So your brain starts working for the first time. Right? It's true. It's true. All of a sudden, there's nothing, everything stops. It's like, oh, so now what? I'm not comfortable with, you know, being myself, so I need to just find something else to do. It's quiet. Oh, so, oh yeah, right, I got, I got more stuff to do, right? She so says, what do you do? Go home and sit there and think. Spend time. Don't talk to people. Don't, don't surf the web. Just sit home. And we also do not give, strong, you know, big uh, lectures on Gemara and Agatha in a base Avel. That's also... Not the right place to do it. You don't walk into a base of start giving a shear. You walk into a base of and you focus on the morning. That's the topic of conversation. It's not a base medrash. Of course, you could bring in words of Torah or words of chizuk, encouragement. There's no question. But make sure it's sugapas. It's appropriate for the time and place. They said about he would give shmua and agada in a house of mourning.
He would do that. Okay? Now, over here, the explanation is that we're dealing with Shabbos. We're dealing with Shabbos. So on Shabbos, people are not allowed to publicly mourn. There are halachas privately of Avelis on Shabbos. So Gemara here is letting us know bin Amlil had uh, held that on Shabbos, even though there is an element of mourning there, still, even in the base of Avel, there could be Parsha classes, Shiurim, you know, Iti Takamar, Shabbos, there he felt that uh, Torah was permitted. Okay, we're going to hold it here. We're up to Tanu Rabbanon, Bezshem. We will pick up from here, 12.15, tomorrow afternoon, Central Time. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening and a good nerve Shabbos. Yeah, yeah thank you, Rabbi Ravitz. Thank you for the reminder to, to get back to this conversation about burial in Eretz So, um, you could find whatever I'm about to tell you, by the way. There's a safer put out in English. It's called Diyune Halacha. Um, it's the weekly halacha discussion by Rabbi Neustadt. Okay? And he has this on Parshas Vayechi. Parshas Vayechi, he talks about burial in Eretz Yisrael. And he says that um, it's certainly commonly accepted that being buried in Eretz Yisrael is a noble uh, endeavor, like we find by Yaakov Avinu and by Yosef Atzadik. And uh, therefore, many people spend a lot of money to get to Eretz Yisrael and they put in a lot of effort to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. He says, however, he says, listen to this, Ezra of Hankin, Paskins, um, in his Chuvas in Am HaTorah, Chelek Aleph, Tes Zion, and also in Kisvei Rav Hankin in Bez, um, he, writes, he writes as follows. He says, say it in English, that he says, people who send an Aron to Eretz Yisrael is is not to my liking. I don't like it at all. And um, he says uh, there are, he says there are great tzaddikim and who are careful about all sorts of mitzvahs, the easy ones, the harder ones. And it's certainly fitting of somebody who's of the caliber of Yaakov Avinu and, and Yosef Atzadik to be buried. But he says, this is what he writes, and, and, and don't walk, I hope nobody stops over here. And, and, and logs off after hearing this word. He says, first of all, I think it's a little arrogant to think that we're like Yaakov Avinu and Yosef HaTzadik, that we're so medaktik in everything to even be buried in Eretz Yisrael. He says, secondly, it's a waste of money for the families. A lot of people who are buried in Eretz Yisrael, they spend extra thousands of dollars. They're middle class families. And they, they have widows and children who can use, who can use the money that is, uh, that's spent. And even if the family agrees, it's because they're too embarrassed to object. And I'm writing this for somebody who's asking me advice. If you want my advice, this is my opinion. He says, I'm not giving a psak, but this is my opinion. And there are many Paiskim, he says, there's many Paiskim who disagree with me and they, they allow this. But in my opinion, he says, he feels it's a, uh, he feels it's a wrong thing to do. Now, so Rabbi Nustat goes through here the sugya. He goes through the sugya. And he says like this. He says that he quotes the Rambam in Hilchas Malachim, Perek Hey, chapter 5, Halacha Yudalif, Halacha 11. The Rambam says that Chazal teach us about the incredible zuchus, the incredible merit of living in Eretz Yisrael and even being buried in Eretz Yisrael is Mechaper Avonos. Okay? It's... Uh, it, you're forgiven. It's as if you're being buried, so to speak, on the altar by the, by the Mizbeach. 
He says, even though it's a worthy, and the Rambam says, he says, even though it's a tremendous, a tremendous thing, and you're, you're, you, it's, it's a tremendous chos, tremendous merit for a person to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, it's still better to live there and not go there just to be buried. Okay, we know that. Um, but he says, still, we do find our great tzaddik and went there only to be buried, like Yaakov and Yisrael. For whatever reason, they were needed outside Eretz Canaan. Yeah? And therefore, okay, they were taken in uh, only to be buried. He quotes a Zayar, who says people who are buried outside Eretz Yisrael uh, are bringing their Tumah, who, who, are, who die out, are bringing their Tumah into Eretz Yisrael, um, which seems, according to the Zayar, it's undesirable. Um, and he says, however, the Tzitz Eliezer strongly endorses the concept of burial in Eretz Yisrael. This Tzitz Eliezer in, um, in Yud Aleph Ayin Hei, as well as the Har Tzvi and the Chalkas Yaakov. All right? So he gives us most of, you know, the idea here. But what I'm saying is, it ain't so simple. It's not a simple, it's, it's, not, a, it's not just a, you know, a simple thing. Now, my parents, Zerchaynam Levracha, they always wanted to live in Eretz Yisrael. And they were never Zeichetu. They were always talking about uh, moving to Eretz Yisrael. Everybody knew like, oh, when Menachem graduates 8th grade, then they're going to Eretz Yisrael. Ooh. And then they didn't. And then it was when I was graduating high school. And then it was, they're waiting for me to get married. Then they could move to Eretz Yisrael. This is like all the rumors that were going on. My parents were always talking about Eretz Yisrael. They loved Eretz Like Eretz Yisrael was, was very big. To, uh, to both my parents. My father actually in the, uh, in the early 70s flew to Eretz Yisrael by himself to potentially open up a yeshiva sim- uh, of a Ner Yisrael style. And I believe Rav Shach told him that it's the wrong time to do it and he'll probably be put in Cherem in Eretz Yisrael. It's not the type of, uh, uh, you know, it's not the right time for a yeshiva like that to be open. That's what I hear. I don't know if I'm getting the story exactly true. I wasn't around uh, I wasn't around then, but uh, my parents were always so. When they were looking to, for a place to be buried, they went to Rabbi Yaakov Hapfer Shlita, the Rav, uh, you know, of the Glen Avenue Shul in Baltimore, to consult with him. And they were going through the pros and cons. And ultimately, Rabbi Hapfer recommended to my parents that they be buried in Baltimore as the final act of Chesed they could do for their children. Um, he said, if you're buried in Eretz Yisrael, you're gonna, your children are going to mach meshuggah on your yard site and fly there. Eh? says, it is, you know, he obviously, he held that it is a worthwhile thing in general to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. But, you know, he brought this up and this seemed to be the deciding factor why my parents decided ultimately to be buried, uh, to be buried in Baltimore. Be it as it may, this is what Rav Hankin is, this is what Rabbi Neustadt here is discussing in the, in the Diyune Halacha, in the weekly Halacha discussion, it seems most Paiskim, you know, not only don't have an issue with it, but they, you know, they, uh, they hold it's a worthwhile thing. That's, that's, the, that's the accepted uh, approach. But it's nice, to, it's good to hear the various sides of the, uh, of the conversation. Okay, Yashikoyach Rabbi Ravinsky for uh, the reminder to share that at the end of the year. Have a wonderful evening, everybody.